Hey everybody, welcome back to Real Things Podcast. My name is Caitlin. If you guys have any questions, comments, or insight on anything I bring up today, feel free to email realthingspodcast at gmail.com. So today is kind of a big topic. Um, I was actually going to make it all one um, season almost or series, but I think it's just better if I talk about everything because I can't really talk about these things individually for that long. So I think I can just kind of like touch on them. But there's, like, a lot that I could talk about for this. So, um, I guess we'll just get right into it. I wanted to kind of talk about the education system in general, like, as a whole. So, I think it's very broken. I think it's very damaged, and I'll explain why. Um... I'm going to back it up to when I was first starting to observe classrooms. Um, There was a time where I went back. It was my first observation. um, My very first class that I ever did educational-wise at um, my college or my university was orientation education. And when I went to this class, um, I knew it was going to be a lot of work. But it's like basically orientation to education. It's in the name. It's like here's education at beginner's level. So I did this class and for one of, or for part of this class, I had to do, um, I think it was like 45 or 30 hours of observation. So I got to choose which school I wanted to go to. So I went back to my elementary school that I moved to, um, in the defiance area. So I went back there and my brother and sister were going there at the time too. Um, but I went to go observe my fifth grade teacher because she was the best. She was the bomb.com. And um, I was walking in the hallway. Like, this is just, like, I'm skimming this whole part over. Um, I was walking in the hallway and I found my third grade teacher. She was actually a sub now at that school. So I went and talked to her and I was like, hey, like, how are you? And she was like, good, how are you? Like, she seemed kind of, like, okay with life. Um she did tell me, she was like, or she did ask me, she was like, so, like, what are you here for? I'm like, I'm actually observing for, you know, my fifth grade teacher. And she's like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, uh, what do you want to do? And I was like, um, I want to teach, like, or I want to work with kids. And she's like, oh, don't teach. And that was heartbreaking. Like, that was like, why would you shit on someone's, you know, dreams and goals like that? Especially an education, you know, disciple or not disciple idol role model whatever um I just was like in shock that those words actually like came out of her mouth and those will always stick with me because I was like first of all how dare you second of all how dare you and third of all I don't even know where like that even came from because I thought she liked what she did so um I don't know I kind of just like you know when you hear something like that you're just like okay well nice to see you again and move on so I did, and then I told my, I think I told my mom about it, or I, I told someone about it, and I was like, that's just messed up that you would say something like that as, like, a future, or, like, you were, like, one of my role models growing up, or, like, you had potential to be one of my role models growing up, and to say that to me now when I'm working to be, you know, something that I want to do and be, like, that's, that's jacked. So I, I don't really agree with it, but I also understand why that was said and done. Um, yeah, I was really upset about that. So thanks to that teacher for kind of 
putting a damper on my goals and dreams. Okay, sidetrack. I just paused this so I could go get my Amazon package that just arrived. And I'm a complete idiot. I actually bought a brand new entire filter for my turtle tank instead of the filter pad replacements. So if anyone wants a filter, let me know. But um, moving on, back to what I was saying. So apart from like my dreams being crushed like an eggshell from the time that I was even, before I even could get past my first class, um, I don't know, I was very adamant about the education system in general because I'm like, okay, so we have people that aren't even like really happy about what they do, which I feel like if you're a teacher, you should be happy about what you do, but that's not even like a part about the education system that's like necessarily the education system's fault. So... The reason I even started with that was because that same teacher told me this, that everything with teaching has become paperwork and very, like, scripted nowadays. It's not even enjoyable for the teachers, which isn't the teacher's fault. Um, They have curriculum given to them, outlined for them, and they're almost like robots. Like, they could be easily, like, replaced. And, I mean, you're kind of paying for what you get, Um, Teachers work their butts off, like, on the sidelines to make up for everything that curriculum is missing um, because you don't have that emotional, like, where in curriculum does it say, build an emotional relationship with your child? Like, no, no, no. Um, There's been lots of talk about how, like, there's not even the same, like, excitement with it because you can't make it your own because it's like, okay, you're going to teach by the book and, like, you are contracted to teach by the book and, like, nothing more, nothing less Um, there are teachers that are very creative, but there's also teachers that are not as creative. So the teachers that are very creative with like, you know, working their way around that system and around that, that structure and that rule, um, that un, unlike uncontracted rule or whatever, um, they're good about what they do. They, they are good teachers. And, you know, that's not to say that the teachers that aren't as creative are not great. It's just, it's hard to keep up. Um, when I was in third grade, that same teacher that was telling me to not become a teacher or get into teaching, she wasn't as creative as my, um, friend Emma, who I mentioned in Meaningful Friendships. Um, she had a science teacher. It was this third grade, but she was mostly focused on science and she actually was my college professor, one of them. So, um, she was way more creative. She thought outside the box. She brought science to life. She was one of my favorite, like, you know, visual and kinesthetic teachers ever. And she still did that in a college, you know, classroom, like in the college setting. She still did that for college students. So I think it was weird <clears throat> per se that, I don't know, like, you know, some teachers can think outside the box and really bring things to life. And they should be good. They are good teachers, but they're getting paid the same as teachers that are being told or telling their, you know, past students, don't become what I am. It's a mistake. Like, turn around and don't look back. That's kind of messed up to me. Um, Had she been been paid more, like both of them, I'm sure that nothing would have changed. I think that the pay would have made none the difference, honestly. I think it's, you know, having that ability to make it your own. And, um, I think that you should, like, okay, so I see where my own 
conversation is kind of falling apart. Like, that teacher should, you know, if she really wants it to be non-structured and not by the book, then she should, you know, make it her own. And she, I think, would try, but, you know, maybe she got screwed over somewhere and she just was like a mean old hag. I don't know. But there's a lot of things that frustrate me about the education system. And I can't even think about the next one right now. All I know is I'm just like, it makes me very upset. So I was talking with someone recently about how, you know, someone was saying, well, after quarantine is over, I think that everything is going to become online or electronic. Okay. What about all those teachers? All the teachers that have jobs would then be like out at a job. You know, that's, that's messed up. Like we need the classroom setting. Someone posted on Facebook today about how we're moving towards a more online and, you know, internet world or like electronic world or whatever. Um, yes, but dropping teachers is not the answer. Like that, those kids need like a home away from home. Having your school and everything be at home, number one, that takes away the social aspect. Like, yeah, okay, you can have your neighbor kids or your neighbor friends play with you, sure. Um, But you need to know how to socialize with females, males, adults, um, you know, learning about PE and like the, the arts and music, like all that. That's important. I agree. Like middle school, you have facts like cooking, science, and um, I don't even know what it is. Cooking, sewing, art, something else. Um, ceramics. I don't even know. Um, there's keyboarding classes. Like, you get to experience and take those different experiences and shape who you want to be. Figure out what your likes and dislikes are. And, you know, having a building, a whole other place to go to that gives you structure and gives you a schedule to work by, um, that's needed. Kids need structure. Um, some people, it's not for them. And you know what? That's fine. Homeschooling is an option. And I'm not hating on, you know, public school. I'm not hating on homeschooling. Hell, I'm not even hating on private school. I'm just saying that the educate, like teachers are needed. It gives so many more people jobs, first of all. Second of all, parents that are in quarantine and like during this corona crap, within the first week, were like posting on Facebook about how they were going to get drunk and how they needed a drink after only teaching for an hour. Y'all don't understand how, how much teachers put in. And I didn't, I didn't even respect that or like come by that information until I started doing, you know, my, my degree or working towards my degree. And I don't even want to be a teacher. I never wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a counselor. So I think that it goes with that being said, like, and I don't even want to be a teacher. I'm not fighting for my own pay. I'm just saying that that it needs to be acknowledged that teachers do so much and they don't get half the credit that they they should. Like they get a t- a teacher appreciation week, and you know, forty thousand dollars a year, if that, maybe thirty, if they're lucky. That's messed up. So, I think that between that, like not having curriculum, and you know, people that are hating on the idea of like, oh yeah, like they shouldn't do this, they should do this, like. Teachers work so much outside of the classroom, too, and yeah, like, they jibber-jabber, yeah, they talk, like, whatever, but I've observed in classrooms, and those teachers have maybe five minutes in between classes to go to the bathroom and, you know, fill up their water and jibber-jabber in the hallway. Like, they have no life. 
you know, you're talking to kids all the time and you're not even teaching one kid. Like these parents are complaining because they're teaching one to four children in their household. Imagine teaching 20 to 30 kids and having them all not be on the same level. None of them are on the same level and you're expecting everyone to be at that that one bar. Imagine like this one red line right in front of you and everyone's test scores are going to have to be at that level by the end of the year. Otherwise, it like affects your job the following year, like whether or not you stay in that school. I mean, that's not, you know, how it actually is per se, but teachers have a goal. They have to meet that deadline and it's not that like serious or like intense to be like oh my gosh all these kids need to be at this red line otherwise like I don't make it as a teacher for the next year it's not like that in real life but just imagine like the pressure that's put on you to make sure that all those kids are getting those needs you have one kid over here that has autism you have one kid over here that has ADHD or um, one oh my gosh what a joke like five that have ADHD or ADHD like symptoms it's not like diagnosed but they have like you know ADHD tendencies or ADD tendencies where they're just like off in la-la land half the time. Um, You have these other kids that have, you know, stuff going on at home, stuff going on in their life. Like, you have no idea what half of these teachers have to see and hear. And you know what? These teachers don't even know what half these kids go through anyway. So I think it's just a little, I'm not like, I sound, or I feel like I'm yelling into the microphone right now because I get very passionate and loud. Sorry. This will be my most hated podcasts out of all of them from the audience. I'm so sorry. Um, But it's true. I think that that kind of goes unnoticed. Sorry, my chair is squeaking. But um, it does go unnoticed that teachers have a lot that goes on in one day. Like they're going, 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 going for eight hours straight. And that's just in the classroom. That's just face-to-face time with their kids. That's not counting all the time that they're, the, you know, amounts of hours that they put into working on curriculum, structuring, um, you know, printing out homework sheets and making sure that they have like accurate things. Like I had a lesson plan for a before and after school program. And that that was a struggle for me to do that for like 15 kids. So I can't imagine. And that was like maybe, maybe five or six hours a day. And that was like an after school fun time kind of thing. So I can't imagine what it's like, you know, getting down to the dirt. But I think curriculum is also like a blessing and a curse. Like, you know, They have everything lined out for you and like they give you all the worksheets, they give you all the materials that you need. That's the the plus about curriculum, but also, you know, where's the time to sit down with that one kid that's upset so you can, you know, talk with them and be like, hey, Billy Bob Joe, I'm so sorry that, you know, this is going on with you and having that real to real moment. Like they have to find time for that even. Um... One thing that I wanted to also bring up is that I used to go, especially in elementary and middle and high school, um, mostly I think elementary and high school, but I used to run to or like ask to go to the counselor or the nurse's office, the nurse's office all the time. I couldn't say nurse's office for some reason, Um, but I used to go to the nurse's office or the counselor all the time. I used to always want to be out of class. I couldn't be there. Um whether I was having a good day or bad day. And I think it's because I wanted that one-on-one time and it wasn't really um, like a priority for teachers to like have that one-on-one time. And that's not to like hate on my teachers or say anything negative against teachers. It's hard. I get it. I've been there. I've been in the classroom. It is hard to sit there 
and go to, from kid to kid every single day. And um, if you follow any teachers on Facebook or see any of, of like the things that you know teachers are doing nowadays, I think one of the things that I think I like the most is that they have daily check-ins. And whether that's like, you know, fist to five, like hold up, you know, a scale of one to five on your fingers. How are you feeling today? Like one being, you know, I'm not that great at all. Or five being, I feel very well rested and I'm ready to go today or something like that. Or, you know, they go around in a circle or they have their teachers greeting them at the door and they can choose to either give a fist bump, a hug, a high five or whatever, or like do a dance or something before they enter the classroom. Um, those check, checking in with your students is a huge thing, huge thing. Um, so if anyone is listening to this and like as an education major or just in general, like wants to know, like that's a huge thing that I think, um, I admire that people actually try to do in their classrooms. Like the teachers that do that kind of stuff, they, they know what their kids need and not even just that, like anyone can do that, but, um, I'll mention this in another episode too. I will actually make a whole episode dedicated to um, things that I've learned um, and I apply to my day-to-day life that I learned working with kids and I like learned with mentors, but I also apply to my day-to-day life with people too because I think it's very interesting and important. So, but that was just one example. Like, you know, you, you want to do a daily check-in with people. You want to make sure everyone's good. Um, and not every teacher thinks about that, you know, there's a lot of teachers that don't even consider the idea. They're more curriculum focused and there's other teachers that are like emotionally focused. They're like, I want to make sure my kids are like all happy and they got a smile on their face and I, I want to make all of them smile. Like there's those teachers, I think succeed more. And I'm not saying that the teachers that focus on curriculum don't succeed, but I've definitely been in a classroom. I'm not saying which school or which teacher I don't even remember her name, but um, there was one school that I observed a fourth grade classroom, and I love third, fourth, and fifth graders. They are my go-to. Those troublemakers, the boys, like all of them, mm, that is where I go. That is my cream of the crop is those troublemakers that are in third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, But there was one classroom that I observed in, and this teacher in particular, it was very frustrating. She didn't have emotion, like positive emotions towards a few kids because they just frustrated her. And it's hard. It's hard. I get it to not be frustrated by a particular students, but they just needed like a fresh set of eyes. So I think that, you know, me being there, like I, it was a good thing because I could kind of work with those students that struggled and she got frustrated with, but she made it very evident who frustrated her. And I am... I would try um, to let them know, like, hey, if you need anything, please let me know. Um, if, you're, if, you que- if you have questions about this problem or this problem or if you um, need help, let me know. Um, that teacher, I would kind of step in when she was, like, teaching or instructing and she would kind of, like, get on one student and kind of, like, ream them. I'm like, okay. So I would step in and be like, you know, hey, are you sitting in your seat or, hey, are you – like, what, which question are we on? Are you following along? Um, and I kind of bring their attention back to what they were doing because it was a hard classroom at, at some points. Not all the students are going to be there to listen all day long. It's hard. I'm not a very attentive person at all. I'd fall asleep in classes. No joke. All the way up until high school. 
um, even college. But um, yeah, I think you just got to know your audience and work with them and don't discriminate because, you know, someone's annoying you or kids are being frustrating. Like, don't treat them like they're lesser than, like, give them the attention that they're striving for, but in a positive way, not a negative way. There was one kid in that classroom that always used to stand up at their desk and she allowed it. She was like, you know what? It's just like, you have to pick your battles and I'm not picking the battle of they need to sit in their seat all the time. So I just took their chair away permanently. I kind of agree, but I, I kind of disagree on that. I mean, that's not the topic that I was focusing on, but I think in that, that particular moment, like you just like, you can either like give them the chair or like, I mean, just give them the chair. Like if they want to sit down, let them sit down. If they want to stand up, let them sit, sit, like stand up or whatever. Don't just take the chair away altogether. But this kid would literally never sit down. So I kind of, I got it. But, um, she would get, the teacher would get frustrated by this one particular student because they would always be, you know, standing up and like, like putting one leg up, one leg down. It was just kind of like a distraction. And you want as a teacher to have all your students, like your ducks in a row kind of thing. I'm very like particular because I, I specifically personally want all my kids to be sitting down or listening, but it's hard. It's hard. Not every teacher is the same. And I'm just like either like super OCD or whatever, because I just want everyone to sit down and listen. So I get where this teacher's coming from, but at the same time, I don't try to, I mean, I, I catch myself doing it sometimes, but she would really get on these kids. I would kind of get on the kids or I would give them like this, like mom look kind of thing where I would just like give them like a glare and they would know what they would know they would have hell to pay if they kind of stepped out of line. So they would sit down and kind of be like, Oh shit, this Caitlin's going to get mad at me. So, um, yeah, I think you just kind of have to like work with your students and don't just like treat them like they're lesser than because they don't work or work or work well by your standard. Um, you know, that's kind of her way of thinking and it was kind of messed up for me to be a part of that. Um, yeah. So I think that with teachers as well, you have to understand that teachers go through so much. Like that's not just like that one teacher that struggles with, you know, students in her classroom. Like there are so many teachers that struggle and, you know, there's kids that need one-on-one paras or they need that one-on-one, you know, support, and they don't have that, um, and they don't even, like, you know, they're not even diagnosed with anything, or need, like, you know, special circumstances, like, by, by paper, or, like, on paper, they're, they don't have, like, a star, like, by their name on their record saying, oh, this person needs a one-on-one, it's just, they need it, because that's how they learn, there's, you know, teachers that work day and night, and (laughs) endless hours, to create PowerPoints, but also hands-on presentations and hands-on activities for their kids. And I was never one of those people. And I was like, that's the reason, that's part of the, like, one of the many reasons I didn't want to be a teacher because I knew I wasn't going to be able to teach by all methods or like the way that I would want. I could, but it'd be a lot, it'd be so tolling on me and it just wasn't worth that to me. Um, I think I just give better opinions on things than I do like actually doing them sometimes. So I know what I would want my ideal classroom to look like and be and, you know, contain, but you know, you can't have an ideal classroom as a teacher. So, um, 
yeah, I think that that's kind of hard. And so kind of tying back to what I said earlier, like that red bar or like that red line, like that you see kind of horizontally going in front of you, that's like where every student needs to be. How are you going to get all those students that are upset because they had their dog die or they had a grandpa move away or they had their best friend move away or they just have like, you know, oh, something shiny kind of tendencies or they feel the need to stand up at their desk and they don't, they get distracted by the things inside their desk. Like, you know, there's so many things that go on in one classroom, so many wheels like turning Um, it's surprising that students and teachers get as much as they can get done, done. And I admire teachers for the fact that they, you know, work their butts off. Not every teacher does, but not every teacher doesn't. So, um, if you ever have like a really good teacher or like someone that really comes to your mind where like, oh, they were a really great professor or they were a really great, you know, mentor to me and they meant a lot to me. I highly encourage that you reach out to that person and let them know that because like, you know, they could have, um, I don't know, a really crappy school year and they don't even know how great they like or how much of an impact they made on that one person. Teachers get so much like good energy and like, I don't know, they appreciate their job so much more when they are told like everybody does. You know, if you, if someone told you, hey, so-and-so, you're doing a really good job at what you do, or like you do great at like this, you know, particular position, I just wanted to let you know, that would mean the world to some people. And some people don't like to be pointed out, whatever. But I think that that kind of, you know, reaching out and letting someone know means the world to them. I mean, just do it. It's like writing a review on like a good employee in a store, um, Sometimes, like, you get those receipts where people are like, oh, or, like, people, like, at the drive-thru will be like, hey, if you take this survey or whatever, um, I really appreciate it. I don't really normally do it unless that person, like, made a really, you know, big impact or they really stood out to me. Same thing at restaurants. Like, I, those little, like, monitor-looking things, like, that you, like, swipe your card at, at, like, Olive Garden and Applebee's and um, Red Lobster, those things, I never take sur- surveys um, unless that server, like, really stood out. Or sometimes I do just for the heck of it because those things are easier to write surveys or, like, fill out. I don't like going on to Yelp or anything. And just, like, saying, hey, so-and-so, like, you did an awesome job. Thanks for taking care of us. Um, unless they didn't, then I don't. So, I don't know. I think if you have, like, a really inspiring mentor teacher or observation teacher or someone that stood out to you even to this day like if you're in college and like you had a really awesome middle school teacher um reach out to that person and be like hey I know this is like totally out of the blue and like weird but I just want to let you know like of all the people that you know had me as their students like you stood out to me as like a really good teacher and you were like a really good inspirational like mentor to me and like I just want to let you know that and that would have that would make their whole year um I saw some a person on my Facebook, they shared today this little like blurb that one of their previous students who was actually in their current grade level. Um, so this teacher had them in sixth grade and currently had them in eighth grade. This student wrote like, Hey, Mr. So-and-so, um, you know, I'm really happy that I was in your class this year and you know, you were awesome. And you know, the most upsetting thing about all this quarantine Corona stuff 
is that I won't be able to say goodbye to you or like, you know, uh, you know, give you a hug or like tell you much, like tell you how much I appreciated having you as a teacher. And he, he posted that and he was like, it's things like this that make teaching worth it. You know, it's not the money. They don't do it for the money. I'm not saying that they ever did. Um, but there's, there's some teachers that surprisingly do and that's sad, but, um, yeah, I think that having, going back to what I was saying, I, I kind of went all over the place there for a minute, but I think back to what I was saying, like having that expectation that everyone should be at this red line, like everyone needs to be at these standards. Everyone needs to know these specific things before the end of the year is a little unreasonable. I mean, it's a good goal. Sure. Having everyone be there. Awesome. But, um, you can't expect every student to be there. You can't expect every teacher to get their students to be there. Not every teacher is the same. Not every student is the same. No one is the same. We're all like freaking snowflakes out here. Like no one is the same. Okay. Like at all. So I think it's really hard and like tolling on teachers to be like, okay, fine. So we're, we grew up or not grew up. We went to, to college. We went to a university. We got our bachelor's, master's or doctorate, whatever. And we were taught, do not treat students the same. We all know that students are not the same. We should not treat them as such. We need to reach out to our specific students. But we're going to go to work in a standardized testing classroom where they're all given the same test because they're all being treated the same, even though they're not the same. Like, that's kind of backwards. What? So I think it's frustrating because teachers don't even want to give their students the tests that they're given. Um, the only reason that... I think a teacher would want that to be given the test or giving the tests, the standardized test to their students is because it's hard to create your own test from scratch and no teacher has enough time in the day to create every test, quiz, final, whatever from scratch and make it accustomed to each and every kid. Like there's no way in hell. I mean, sure. One day someone could do it. I don't know, but it's freaking hard. Okay. So <clears throat> I took a test, um, a, like a test making kind of class, like where you create your own test and you learn how to make test questions. Um, and that was a brutal class. I'm not gonna lie. I, I had to make a 40 question test and different levels of questions, like different level, like, I don't know if you've ever noticed on test questions, there's like a little number in parentheses. That's the level of question. So, um, or the level of that question the level of depth or like knowledge or something I don't know it's like the DOK number I don't remember all I know is that it's it's hard it's very hard and I'm not saying it's easy I'm not saying that every job out there is easy or hard or whatever I'm not saying that I'm just saying that I've always believed that the education system is broken and it deserves a lot more attention than it's actually given not just in like one particular area but like a, a lot a lot of areas Teachers cannot just move to online classrooms and schooling and stuff because, number one, that puts so many teachers out on jobs. And you know what? I'm going to bring up another topic. I'm sorry. This is already so long, but I don't even care. Um, do you know how many parents don't know the subjects that they're being taught to children? I had a parent come to me, and I started doing – I created – or reignited I would say this homework help club at the before and after school program that I was working at because I kind of had this um 
this feeling that students were not focusing on homework and they were kind of just, I don't know. There was a lot of students at the time that had sports and there was a lot, a lot going on in their life and, you know, academics was not a priority. So I created this club or like this after school kind of deal for students that, you know, wanted to focus on their homework and getting their assignments done at after school because I always wanted to do it after school because I felt like I retained the knowledge and like after I was done playing with my friends and I got home had dinner and had to sit down and do homework I remembered nothing so I remember I'd either like be busting my butt to get that homework assignment done in class um, after school or like I'd be sitting at the dinner table for hours on end at night because I'm just sitting there staring at this blank page and I'm like I have no idea what I learned today but um anyway so I created this or re did or started this whole homework club group, whatever. And there was one student who had a lot going on and I talked to the parents, all of them. I had this form that I created and filled out that let the parents know what assignments were due that week, what day they were due, what they finished working on in homework help is what it was called. It was called homework help. What they finished doing in homework help and what I saw was completed and what they still needed to work on, like what they needed to study, whatever. And I would hand that to the kids whenever they were called to go home. I would say, hand this to your mom and dad. Don't put it in your backpack or like put it in your folder if you actually have to put it in your backpack, but make sure mom and dad see it so they know what to do. And there was a few parents that like I would talk to. I actually talked to all of those parents that had kids in that group, in that homework help club. And I would keep tabs on them. I'm like, hey, just let you know they finished this assignment so-and-so. And they did really well on this and hey, their, their sheet that they need to finish is in there, whatever. I would give them updates. Well, one time I had a parent and, you know, this parent is awesome. I talked to her like still to this day. She's great. Um, I respect her, but she, I told her about, you know, hey, your son still needs to finish his math homework. And, um, you know, he was a, a kiddo that struggled with paying attention so he had a lot of outside factors going on. So um, I told her, I was like, hey, he needs to finish his math homework. She goes, oh, I know. She's like, I don't even know. Like, I'm not good at math. Like, I'm, I'm not. And she, at this point, she was now a single, like, living parent. So she was, like, separated from her husband. And that was, like, a recent kind of thing. So, you know, this kiddo struggled to pay attention in classroom, in the classroom the mom was not good at math. It wasn't her strong suit. And you know what? I didn't even think about that. I'm like, I thought, you know, my parents, they were both really smart. My mom was an educate or uh, not education. She was an English major. And my stepdad was like a business major, but he was great with math and would always help me if I had, you know, trouble with math. Like no matter what, he would sit at the dinner table and like whip out the textbook and like help me figure things out if I couldn't do it. Or if I asked for help, they were there for me. And I'm grateful for that. But I never even considered the fact that there are parents that don't even know how to to do that. To be like, hey, get your tech, textbook out and look at the problem and try to work it through like with their kiddo. There's n- parents that don't know that that's a thing. So it kind of got me thinking. I'm like, okay, you know, you want everyone to be at this this standardized line, that red line. We're coming right back to that red line. But you don't even know how to get there, like, with your teachers. 
And your parents need to know how to get your kid there too. So it's like a teamwork kind of effort. So you need to be, like the teachers need to be not only teaching the kid, but they need to write it out and like help the parents understand the topic too. So when those kids go home, they're not like, mom, I have no idea how to do this. And mom's looking at the paper going, dude, me neither. Like that's not cool. And it's not the school's fault. It's not the teacher's fault. It's not the parent's fault. It's not the kid's fault. It's no one's fault. It's just, I think there's a lot of issue. But I think that it definitely helps knowing that, you know, kids can go somewhere where there is structure. It's a home away from home, like a second home, like almost like work. That's not, you know, obstructing the parents from having a job. And, you know, it's the teacher's job to teach. Not every kid can be at home doing online schoolwork and learn that way. There's kids that can, and that's great for them. But there's kids that need that structure. There's kids that need, you know, to be able to sit down and be in a desk and get up and meet people, talk to people, make friends, you know, talk to their teachers, learn how to approach teachers if they have questions or if they have, you know, concerns about their grade or whatever, approaching, writing emails, like they need to learn all that stuff. That's part of, you know, becoming an adult. Yes, there's a lot of other things that they could focus on in school. I totally agree. You know, helping kids with taxes, like that shouldn't be an optional class. Like business class should not be optional for some kids. Because I'm sorry, if you don't know how to do your taxes and you're in your 20s, that there's something wrong there. Like I can find the friggin circumference of a circle. Great. But how do I file my taxes for this year and where do I even start? Like, that's that's a problem. I get that. Um, there's so many people that hate on math. And I'm like, math is so good. Math is so good. Um, politics, like, geography, history, that was not my strong suit. So, honestly, I'm just like, that can all go. But I get why they teach it. I understand. I should be like, yeah school but I I'm doing like a fist pump in the air as I'm saying that like yeah school but it's like sarcastic but whatever um anyway I'll end this podcast because it's already like 40 minutes and that's too long for me to be talking about education but um I will make an episode that regards to things that I've learned as an education major working with kids that I still apply to kids that I work with now or I babysit or I will work with in the future if at all and to adults and my friends in everyday life. It all kind of encompasses. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great day and I'll talk to you later.